What's up? Hey, hey. Uh, we are back to talk about girlfriends. Welcome yes, we to did. through. Welcome to through thick and thin. Your ultimate girlfriends podcast. I'm Ashley. And I am Edwin. And we are your co-hosts that are going to take you on this uh, luxurious journey for the next hour or so. So, you know, sit back, buckle your seatbelt. If you're in the car, your seatbelt should already be buckled. Um, True. If you're at work, you shouldn't be wearing a seatbelt unless you drive for a living. Um, if you do not drive for a living and you're sitting in an office or a cubicle or a shared workspace, make sure you have your headphones in. If you're not allowed to have headphones, I don't know what to tell you. Make sure you have that Excel sheet up so it looks like you're working on something anytime somebody drops by. But if you're not allowed to have headphones and you have the Excel sheet up, they already just hear it anyway. You might have a load. That's true. I did work at a place that wouldn't, um, I interned at a place that wouldn't allow us to have headphones and and it was stupid. Um, it was Emory university and, um, I didn't say where in Emory. Emory is a big place. But anywho, they wouldn't allow us to have headphones in. So I would have to play my music on my little, like I would have my iPod my iPod and my little iPod speaker and I would turn it real low to like two or three just so I could hear it. And that was when Trey Song's Anticipation mixtape was out. So all I wanted to hear was like scratch me up. So anywho, um this episode <laughs> of the Oh yeah, we don't have any like guest hosts or nothing on this episode, so I mean, no, I don't. Um, so. No, hey, so let's let's do this. While we got your attention early in the show and whatnot, how about you rate, like, comment, all that? iTunes, Spreaker, Stitcher, Stitcher, Google Play. Yeah, That's do all that. Idea. Go ahead, make that happen. Do all that now. I have you. Have you rated? Have you liked? I've on liked. iTunes yet? I wanted to hold off on. I wanted to be like one of the milestone reviews. Like we get to like forty nine. I want to be the fiftieth. Oh, that's so cute. Yeah, I um just went ahead and did that because I was like, mm, I don't know when, where, why. So let me just go ahead and do um that thing. So that's what I did. Um, before we really also get into the show, show, can we shout out the fact that so many veterans of this show are doing so many things right now? Yes, we can. Like, okay, so we have, of course, Tracy Ellis Ross is on Blackish. You have Yvette Nicole Brown, who played Sherry, Tony's sister, on The Mayor. You have, um, what's his name? Dondre Whitfield, 
or DeAndre Whitfield, DeAndre, Donde, yeah, playing, there we go, R- R- playing Remy on Queen Sugar. Yes. You have Keisha Sharp, who plays Monica on Lethal Weapon. You have the fact that Golden Brooks just booked the pilot that I think is uh, going through uh, Fox. That sounds right. Um, you have Jill Marie Jones, who is working on a horror movie right now. Nice. You have... What did I see Persia doing the other day? The fact that, like, pretty much... Every single person from the show is still booked and still doing things and they're still like relevant in their own right and in like whatever space they operate in. I think that's just like, that's awesome. Yeah. You could also shout out, of course, the person that made all this possible, Mara Brocker Q. Who I keep hearing like all this info on Black Lightning, right? Yes. Like, can't wait. There's there have been so many articles like published lately about the show, and I feel as if, well, one, this is going to be on the CW, which yes. makes sense because CW is perfect for what young kind of teen comic space. Well, yeah, and also they own, well, they're part of the family of DC properties, so, or Warner Brothers properties. So, yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah, I mean, there is that. Um, oh, I didn't know LeVar Burton was in, like, the first one. I didn't either. That's dope. Shout out to LeVar. So, chances are he might make an appearance. Yeah. Just for, you know, nostalgia purposes. Um... I wonder when it's actually going to come out, come out. I think it's so, a mid-season. Oh, yeah, yeah. 13 episodes, I see. So, and there are a lot of good people that are going to be on this show. Yes. No, Jill Scott's going to be on there? What? Yes. Yep. She's going to be playing, I forget the name of the villain, but one of the villains. Lady Eve. Yes. That could be a good costume idea. Um, I'm done with coming up with Halloween costumes at this point, but... Couldn't tell. Future year. Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> um, oh, China Ann McLean. Cute, cute, cute. She was on House of Pain. Um, and Daddy's Little Girls. Oh, yeah. Good for her. I saw Edwina something is going to be on there. And I know she was... She, to me, looks like... Kind of favors the girl that plays Chastity. Not Chastity. Yeah, Chastity. On Greenleaf. Ah, okay. But she's not her. But she's played, like, in other things. Anyway, it just seems like a whole bunch of, like, good black blackness coming on. If this comes on around the time of uh, Black Panther, you know, just blacks overall are just going to explode. It might be the best Black History Month ever. And we've, we're, I think, about, like, four years out of the last best Black History Month ever. (laughs) Um, I'm going to have to go back in time and see what happened. Oh, no. Somebody got injured. Ooh, the way he is on the ground. Jags. Um, his name, his last name starts with an F. Um. Fournette? Uh, 
Mm, what do you know his number? Twenty-seven. Yeah, it was him. Uh, but yeah, yeah. Um, but hey, there's still nine minutes left on the clock. Things can happen. Just one touchdown away from overtime. Yeah. As long as it goes better than the Falcons in the Dolphins game, and I called this last night at dinner. I'm going to repeat this a million times tomorrow. Um, let's go on with the show. You ready? So, um, wait, what episode, was that laugh? Me laughing at what being um, alive. I don't know. Anywho, um, so this episode was titled Fried Turkey and it aired on November 20th, 2000. So, a lot of Thanksgiving things, guys. Um, uh, on this episode, this is the little Wikipedia summary of it. After her friends flake on Thanksgiving, um, Joan's day improves when she catches a glimpse of Kelsey Grammer. I didn't feel that that was enough, so I added, also, Joan has a chance encounter with a well-known black lawyer. Wait, they, they didn't mention that? No, they didn't mention that at all. <laughs> they were just like, oh, that you know. That is hilarious. Yeah, her friends flaked on her and she met Kelsey Grammer, and it's like, there's a whole, like, extra 18 minutes of this episode that are not discussed. It was on screen for like a minute and six seconds. If. Yeah. Like everything was loaded maybe in the first like four minutes of the show and the rest of the show was like what actually happened and was not even mentioned in the summary. So, but anywho, back to November 20th, 2000. So of course this is coming up on Thanksgiving around that time. So, but actually, on that day, the 76ers beat the Celtics and the Nets beat the Clippers. Um, the Did the Nunes, Lakers beat the Supersonics? And that was through thick and thin. Hey, great. Um, anywho. Yeah, so the news that Al Gore um, was going to concede if a recount were actually going to happen, that was like hitting the news or whatever. And on November 21st, which was a day away, the Backstreet Boys were going to release Black and Blue, which was their follow-up after Millennium, um, which was a hugely, insanely popular and well-performed album. Millennium. No, I'm saying Black and Blue was the release that was coming out that followed Millennium. And I was saying Millennium was so popular. You're saying the same thing. No, I don't think we are, but that's cool. That's cool. But yeah, anywho, so like NSYNC was ruling the charts or whatever at that time. So the hopes were, you know, they were going to reclaim their stake or what have you, whatever. Anywho, back to the episode. It was directed by Leonard Garner Jr. again. Uh, we have Mara Brockakill writing, of course, and also Kim Collier, who wrote on a few episodes that we've watched already. Um, but also 
this time we see Dee LaDuke, who also worked on Designing Women, Hey Dude, and this cult classic movie that I've never seen, but I hear people talk about on Twitter all the time, called Jackie's Back with Jennifer Lewis. Um, Martin Alton Brown, who IMDb let us know is a son of a civil rights attorney, also read on this episode. And he also has, um, he's also worked on pretty much the same shows as D. LaDuke. So he's worked on Designing Women. He's also worked on um, Jackie's Back. And he is, um, he also worked on uh, Instant Mom. So that's cool. Um, Throughout the show, he worked his way up to executive producer and consulting producer. So he was pretty much a part of the Girlfriends series the whole run. Um, Character-wise, we see Dwayne Martin, who plays Preston C. Hall on this episode, an esteemed lawyer. Um, And everyone knows Dwayne Martin. He is... He's Tisha Campbell Martin's uh, husband. He's been on so many things. Most recently, Real Husbands of Hollywood, All of Us. Um, he was on an episode of The Fresh Prince. He was an episode of Living Single. He was on Deliver Us from Eva. The show called Out All Night. Back in the day, he was on there. He was one of the like main characters on that show. And then, of course, yeah, Kelsey Grammer's on here. And we all know that Kelsey Grammer is the executive producer of Girlfriends. So that was cute. Um, and that is the nitty gritty of Fried Turkey. Very nice. Thank you. The episode opens at Davis's restaurant as they are prone to do. And the group minus Joan is talking about their Thanksgiving plans. And it is at this dinner conversation or lunch, perhaps it's revealed that everyone for various reasons will be flaking on Joan for her Thanksgiving festivities. I think William was going to Kansas city to see his mama. Tony was going to Fresno to kick it with her country in her words, family. Uh, Lynn was going to the homeless shelter to volunteer since they did so much for her. And Maya was hanging out with Darnell's family, if I'm not mistaken. So all of these events prevent them from spending time with Joan for her very well planned out and very Joan-centric Thanksgiving festivities. I forget the name she associated with it, but she had a theme and a very big to-do plan. So they all realized... Yeah, I forgot the name too. Yeah, but the point was they weren't going to be able to make it either way. So they were figuring out how they were going to break the news to her. And as luck would have it, and by virtue of TV magic, Joan walks in to start talking about the excitement she has for Thanksgiving. And that's when they drop the news on her that they will all be unable to attend. And she tries to play it off and smile through it and say she'll just enjoy Thanksgiving by herself. And one note I had here was she said she'll just spend all day in bed. And Lynn made a joke about being in bed all day. And Joan said she planned to relax. And Lynn said, if you do it right, it's probably not relaxing. Or I'm I'm kind of butchering the delivery. But there was a pretty funny back and forth here about staying in bed all day for Thanksgiving. 
I really thought she, uh, Lynn was talking about having just like a vibrator in bed or just like masturbating. Yeah. Oh, okay. Just making sure. Okay. <laughs> okay. We're, we're on the same page. Okay. We're on the same page. Gotcha. <laughs> so after Jones gets this depressing news, everyone else goes about their day. She's still at Davis's restaurant. I'm assuming now it's Thanksgiving Day, so earlier part of the day. And we'll take a quick aside here. So, with your family, do you typically have a traditional time frame for Thanksgiving dinner? Or is it kind of just a matter of when it's done, it's done? More than, more often it is a when it's done, it's done. But for the most part, it's always, we've always tried to shoot around like 3 o'clock in the afternoon, 2, 3. Okay, that's real. About the same. Okay. Yeah, we we typically say 2 o'clock, but... You know, I've told you about thank you to my house is somewhat unique just because of all the moving parts as far as. And it's it's really cool that people, you know, in the community, my dad's being a pastor. A lot of people in the church want to make things for our family. So picking those things up or having those things brought by kind of impacts timing. So he's spending most of his Thanksgiving morning, you know, either picking up or dropping off. If we have members that are infirm or sick and shut in, you know, making sure they have something on Thanksgiving. So his bulk of his morning is typically spent doing that. And then my mom does a healthy portion of the you know major sides as far as the greens, a green beans dressing, et cetera. And my sister does a really good seafood dressing now uh, for going on two years. So they handle the bulk of the core sides, and then typically have a member of my dad's church who's a great chef. He actually was a chef at the White House uh, decades ago, and he's just like a master griller. So he has massive range grills. He fries turkeys, you know, roasts. Lack of, rack of lamb. So he'll typically handle most of the meats for us. And then my mom will go pick up like a honey-baked ham or sliced turkey. So all that to say, which typically end up aiming for 2 o'clock as far as the first meal. And that'll work out well because typically the Cowboys play around 4. And my dad, being a huge Cowboys fan, likes to get that first meal in before the Cowboys game starts. And then he'll start watching the Cowboys game. And then he'll fall asleep on the sofa. So the Cowboys game will start watching him. And then he'll wake up in time for the fourth quarter. And then we typically go back at it around five thirty, six o'clock for round two or any dessert you missed. Yes. And then probably one more dessert run around nine once we're doing game night at that point. Oh, fine. So y'all play games religiously? Mm, pretty much. Oh, that's cool. I mean, you've met my sister, right? Also, yeah. Never mind. <laughs> I mean, we just don't do all of that. Like, because usually if we're just up here and it's my mom and my aunt and I... It's, you know, going to either my aunt's house or just staying here and having something. Last year, uh, we went to like a friend of the family, uh, went to their house like super late. Um, and they had prepared all this food and it was really just like the three of them and then the two of us. So there was so much food left and the food was so good. I mean, there was a little bit of everything it was perfect but usually if we go over to my aunt's house my aunt invites people and my aunt has i'll say an eclectic assortment of people that usually come um because my aunt's a very personable person doesn't really meet a stranger type so she befriends people easily and if she finds out that they don't have plans, she'll usually invite them. When she was driving trucks, she um, 
befriended like a lot of the guys that she kind of like worked with. And so she knew a few that were kind of like stopping in the area around Thanksgiving. So I remember one time she had invited them. She invited one of her like old homegirls. Well, two homegirls from like different backgrounds. Um, a boy that lived across the street that was like the cousin to the family across the street. And he didn't really have much of a connection. I think they either left him or they were all at work. I don't know. Oh, wow. He wasn't, yeah, he didn't really have any Thanksgiving plans whatsoever with his family. So she invited him over. And I think maybe like two people from her church or something. So it was just like a real kind of random group of people. I mean, but it was, it was a good time, but it was just like, I know that whenever it's a holiday at my aunt's house, it's not just going to be like my aunt, my mom and I, it's always going to be a group of people. Anywho. Speaking of a group of people, we cut back to the episode where Joan is talking to strangers at Davis's restaurant as they are getting ready to, I believe, leave their Thanksgiving dinner that Davis is holding since, you know, he has a fine dining establishment, as many places often do prepare a holiday meal for those that want to have someone else do the cooking for them. So he has a packed house and but being a great friend to Joan. He decides to make room for her at the bar where she partakes in the $75 meal that he prepared. But being a great friend, he takes care of it for her so it's on the house this time. That was nice. That was yeah. nice. Real friends. Even though, he, even though he's like, when it comes down to Christmas, don't expect this. Which I respect, though, because you know how sometimes people have friends. They all try to put a hookup. Oh, yeah. and they can overextend their generosity so yeah i, I respected that and he was he was upfront about it yeah okay wait wait wait. would you ever do or have you ever done like a restaurant thanksgiving uh i almost did uh, in 2013 2014 only because the person i was dating their family is pretty much they do like thanksgiving dinner at the four seasons so it would have been if i stayed thanksgiving with them it would have been that that's the cl- closest i've come oh Okay. So, but I mean, if I was like, you know, traveling or was working abroad, I'd probably end up doing something like that. Well, you wouldn't have much of a choice. Right. Well, I mean, I can, I can cook, so I mean. Yeah, but I mean, if you were like working abroad or something, chances are you're like in a hotel, not in a, I mean, unless they set you up in a place with the house. Yeah. Like, like with like a full corporate, kitchen corporate or something. Yeah. Yeah. That's possible. Or, you know, do, now have, have you ever done or considered doing, like, a Friendsgiving? Like, if for whatever reason you wouldn't be able to spend Thanksgiving Day with your family? Like, having just a series of friends over? Um, yeah. I mean, I know people that do Friendsgiving kind of around the holiday anyway. So, um, like, I had a friend that did it, I want to say, like, two... Yeah, I think it was two years ago. It was, I think, like that Saturday after Thanksgiving and she just had, you know, people at the house. We just kind of like sat around, drank some wine, um, talked actually because it was warm, warm outside. We ended up sitting outside on her patio and just kind of like kicked it. It was probably like six, seven of us. Um, and that was pretty cool. Um, my ex, did that a lot with his friends. They um, pretty much were all transplants. 
and they all ah, met yeah. through like meetup or one of those type of like apps or whatever, like websites. And so, um, because they're all transplants and most of them didn't have, um, too much of a positive relationship with their, either their families or just like hometown in general, a lot of them just would, um, crash there, but they would still even do like a Friendsgiving either the week before or yeah, usually like that weekend before Thanksgiving, because some people still would travel, to go to, you know, like their respective homes or just even maybe with like friends or a significant other or whatever. Um, so, I mean, I'm not opposed to the concept of Friendsgiving at all. I think it's cute. I just, I haven't really seen too many opportunities of it to actually occur on the day of Thanksgiving. Yeah. Okay. Cool. And back to the episode once again, Davis was kind enough to allow Joan to partake in a Thanksgiving dinner at his restaurant. And I believe prior to that, we actually skipped over apparently what was the most important scene of the episode. After she talks to the strangers in the restaurant that are leaving, she runs into a gentleman by the name of Kelsey Grammer, perhaps better known to some as Frazier. Might have heard of him. Yeah, possibly. Who Hmm. knows? And he's coming in, and shout out to Frazier, or Kelsey Grammer, for coming in and knowing where to get the bomb sweet potato cheesecakes in L.A. Like, somebody had to put them on, because, you know, how we do, you know, first-class desserts and whatnot. But, you know, I was that was a plot twist, you know. This kind of guy looking for a sweet potato cheesecake, which is probably, for as infrequently as I have it, one of my favorite desserts, because it only seems appropriate for me to have around Thanksgiving. So. Wait, sweet potato or sweet potato cheesecake? Sweet potato cheesecake. Wow. Exactly. Think about it. I have never had that. Oh, oh, it's lit. Okay. It's very, very Where do you find sweet potato cheesecake? Cheesecake Factory? Uh, the Altar of God? I don't know. Um, probably, yeah. Cheesecake Factory. You know. Okay. I'll check well, next that, month. Yeah. We'll figure. We'll find one. We'll run one down. So she has this brief conversation with Mr. Grammar, and she's you know, giving him some overshared information about her status as far as being alone on the holiday. And he's polite and also trying to establish boundaries, saying, you know, I did play a psychiatrist for a number of years, so I can somewhat assess and then draw insights as to the impact of being alone on the holidays. So tries to give her some encouraging words and it's cordial he prepaid for a dessert so he gets his cakes and he's preparing to leave and he asks her please don't follow me because he still knows that anything can happen and if you stay ready you don't have to get ready so that was a cute little scene well apparently apparently not little according to the wikipedia description right but yeah so that scene led to davis hooking up joan at the bar with a free meal and she made a reference to him capitalizing on Thanksgiving, which, of course, him being woke, he described it as a holiday that celebrates the robbery of land from the indigenous people. <laughs> so she was like, yeah, but you're profiting off of it. And he, of course, drops the now somewhat ill-fated phrase, ain't America great. So you know, shout, out to, shout out to MAGA. I didn't even not. put that together. You know, I'd be out here connecting the dots and whatnot. Got to stay woke. 
keep your third eye open. Wow. You know, you know how we do it. Yeah, Davis kind of came off low key hotep this whole episode. Lowest of keys. <laughs> but if, if the Facebook was popping back then, he definitely would start it off every third status with ladies. Ugh. Let me tell you what you need to do. Ugh. Every maybe like four times a month, he would remind you that something was a distraction. Right. And you know, right. make sure you keep the alkaline out of your diet and all this other stuff. <laughs> yeah. I found some good alkaline water lately, but <laughs> you know. Oh gosh. So that leads us to the entrance of the guest star for this episode, the real guest star, Mr. Dwayne Martin. He rolled up to the bar playing the illustrious, apparently, Washington attorney, Preston C. Hall. And shout out to black TV shows. I love how they, when they introduce somebody, they give you like their mini resume like in the introduction. Like, oh, famous jazz musician, Dizzy Gillespie. Like, they just don't let it, the name just sit there. And obviously, in this case, it's a fictional character, so you kind of have to. But it's always just funny to me when they do that. It's like, oh. They have to build it, yeah. Yeah, it's like former shortstop for the New York Yankees. Like, okay. <laughs> That's funny because, like, the Yankees commercial was just on TV <laughs> at the same time as you said that. No, that is so true. I never thought about that because didn't they kind of do that a little bit with uh, Charles when we learned that he was a venture capitalist? Like, Right. Okay. So shout, out to, shout out to black people always doing the formal introductions. And to establish that this person has a job, like a good job, like this, this person, I feel like they only do those introductions when it's someone worth kind of knowing, not just like some random, oh, he worked at, at, you know, like the grocery store down the street or he's the bus boy. Like, they're not going to boost that dude up unless it has some sort of tie to the rest of the show. But yeah, yeah, you're right. Keep going. Yeah. So they have some lawyer banter back and forth, which... I guess if you if that's your that's your wave, it's funny. And it was it was cute in this corny way. So she makes sure to emphasize her title as Miss Joan Clayton. So very subtly indicating that she is single and ready to mingle, as it were. But not subtle at all. No, no, no. The subtlety of a sledgehammer. So which hey, it happens. You know? And it's the holidays, so you know how people are about that. It's not incredibly unexpected or unreasonable. She makes reference to, once again, another thing we do. Uh, he was in a Black Enterprise article, which to me, like, first of all, shout out to Black Enterprise because, you know, it's a dope magazine. But it's always funny to me, like, we just drop stuff in, like, to indicate how important a person is. We're like, oh, yeah, they were, you know, on the cover of Ebony Magazine seven times in 18 months. Or, you know, just we always have to create that, which is good that we use our, you know, publications and media touch points as a benchmark of success in comparison to or exclusive of majority examples. But I just thought that was funny. Like, like, okay, in case you guys missed it the first time, he's very important and he is a high powered attorney. Therefore he was in black enterprise magazine. Oh yeah. I mean, I guess he could have just been like a high powered attorney, but, and they just knew of him like in circles or something. Right. But to I say, think that was the thing. yeah, like th- for him to have been also in like black enterprise meant that, he was kind of breaking mainstream. Yeah, like people... Which is low-key a life goal of mine. I could see you in Black Enterprise. Yeah, that was actually my nickname uh, when I was interviewing for college. But that's another story for another time. Oh, look at my baby. 
Sorry. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Back to the episode. So the whole time Joan and Preston are conversing and mingling and getting on pretty well, Davis drops in and we're now led to believe and are introduced to the fact that Preston and Davis are pretty tight. They go back, way back, beginning of the time. And shout out to black male friendship, you know. That's always something that's great to see on TV, represented well. And they were tight back in the day. They were both busting tables, and they both went on to do great things. In Preston's case, becoming a high-powered Washington attorney. And in Davis's case, he might be still busting tables, but they his tables. And I thought that was dope. That was. It was a good full circle moment. Yeah. So, after we get that nice back and forth... Preston makes reference to the fact that Thanksgiving ain't Thanksgiving to him until he's had some of his grandma's fried turkey, which brings us to the title of the episode. Joan starts lying like a rug and agrees that, yeah, I love fried turkey too, mind you. I don't know if it's a West Coast thing or maybe at this point in time, you know, 20 almost years ago now, fried turkey wasn't a big thing among all black people, but she sounded like saying fried turkey was like saying eating poached grasshopper she was like what the hell is a fried turkey which i mean it's literally in the description but she was not very well versed but she figured hey i'm gonna play along go along to get along so she starts saying oh yeah i gotta fry me a turkey and davis is already seeing through this like um yeah (laughs) (laughs) that's not a thing you do but he decided that he was gonna play along so she invites just Preston to her place for a fried turkey dinner. And Davis, being the friend he is, he decides, you know what, I'm going to get in on this too. And she's like, why? But of course, he wants to observe and see Joan pull this off, which of course, we do know that shenanigans will ensue. Preston, of course, makes reference to the fact that he's only in town for the day because he has to catch a red eye on Thanksgiving back to D.C., which was, was a little weird to me because the day after Thanksgiving is Black Friday. And I understand you're a big wig, but how much is really going on in D.C. on the day after Thanksgiving? Where you have to fly, you've already booked a red eye back to D.C. And you flew to L.A. That seems like a pretty inefficient use of time to me, to your boy. But we don't really know his full schedule. That's fair. That is fair. But I mean, I'm assuming that's, that's not a short flight out of some L.A. to D.C. Oh, no. So, you know. But work never stops. And. He told us later in the episode who he was meeting with, so... True, true. You know. Very good point. Yeah. Very good point. So, cut to Joan's place, and we have... She's in the kitchen, and she's getting some assistance in various forms from Preston, and Davis is out here grilling vegetables, but also blocking very hard. Very, very hard. So this brings me to another question I have for you. If this has come up or if you have any idea how you would handle it, how do you think you would manage friends dating friends? Like friends from, let's say, college, meeting a friend of yours from work, and they start dating each other. Like, do you think that would be a thing that puts you in a somewhat awkward situation or live and let live? What do you think? Um. See, probably not. I mean, I would just hope that both parties were mature individuals, so I wouldn't really hear anything 
kind of bad about it whatsoever. Just kind of like, I would hope that if they're friends that they wouldn't come to me for, you know, like, oh, he did so-and-so-and-so or she did this. I mean, I've I've kind of been in a predicament like that before, but um, I don't know. I just try to stay out of, like, other folks' business if it won't affect, like, the people I love and my paycheck. So, do you? I mean, your friendship is not tied to my relationship with the respective parties, so... Very true. You know, what What? What do you think? Not too dissimilar. I would say typically I'm very averse to having any sort of impact in that realm. So first of all, it'd be a matter of how would I even get plugged into that. But, you know, not to toot my own horn, but I, I do a healthy amount of social gatherings. So the over the years, there have been a few occurrences where matches have been made with varying degrees of success. So... You know, I try to, once again, live and let live. Everybody's adults, so do your own thing. So, you know, try to be as hands-off as reasonably possible. Now, if it's a matter of seeing something that's blatantly not going well, then if I'm asked, maybe. But I'm not going to overstep my bounds. Well, that makes sense. Speaking of making sense, <laughs> Joan and Preston are rubbing down this turkey in a very sensual manner as far as, you know, making all the expected jokes about, you know, thighs and the breasts and so on. So that was a joke that was earned and you know, to be expected, but it, it, it hit, it landed. I laughed. And of course, while this is going on and they're starting to click and vibe, Davis... Once again, walks back in and is doing his best to snuff out any flames of passion that may be starting to smolder. Now, at this point, him and Preston have a heart-to-heart, man-to-man, and he tells him, hey, bro, don't be macking on Joan. He said, oh, snap, bro, I know that was you. Like, Nah, bro, it ain't. I'm just saying, though, she a friend, so you know what I'm saying? She ain't one of these legal Eagle floozies, you be out here kicking it with in DC. I don't know why I'm doing these voices. It just sounds like I don't know, head. but like I'm successful <laughs> by it. So. <laughs> so, <anyway>. Keep going <laughs> in the voices. So, so, I mean, I'm saying because I don't even know. Like, I'm just trying to see if she's picking up what I'm putting down. <laughs> so, you know, we're going to make it do what it do. You know what I'm saying? Ain't nothing slick to a can of oil. Oh, my God. Play she boy. didn't say all of that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm paraphrasing. I'm paraphrasing. But the so, punchline is. So, basically, we found out that Preston C. Hall has F-boy tendencies. Maybe. Does just he? a little bit. Just, Does maybe he? just a little bit. Just. Or... He's, let's say he's maximizing the opportunities availed to him by his celebrity. Ooh, wow. A a thesaurus, maybe. So, you know. It's two ways to skin a cat. All right. Anyway. So, all of this leads to Davis effectively being told in not so many words by Preston and somewhat Joan that his presence will be better experienced elsewhere. 
get to stepping, basically. Now, as he's about to leave, Maya rolls in. So Davis capitalizes on that opportunity, saying, well, I can't leave now. We're about to start a party. And Maya comes in because she got into it with Darnell's mama. Now, this ties back to a storyline that was building over the past few episodes with Darnell's alleged cheating and Maya deciding they need to go to counseling. Of course, counseling, they encourage a candor uh, environment where you speak with candor. So, Darnell decided it was important to share with his mother that Maya apparently called her a witch during counseling. <laughs> which, of course, Maya had a great line where she said, I ain't call her a witch. <laughs> what she said? No, she said, I ain't, um, how does she put it? She said something about like she ain't call her a witch. She because she don't talk about she don't talk about that bitch behind her. There it back. is. That's what it was. <laughs> oh, that was, that was so good. Yeah, and no, I forgot to mention that apparently Darnell's mom left Maya's name out of the blessing, which is hilarious because I'm assuming it's not a massive gathering, so it's very easy to name everyone. If you're gonna name a few people, you got to name everybody. Like that's one of those things where if you're gonna risk it, you got to make sure you get it right. And you can't leave out your daughter-in-law unless you're being petty, which... Which she was, was right. Yeah. So that was hilarious because that classic TV and sometimes life trope of the power struggle between a wife and a mother-in-law. So that was humorous aside that may pay off in future episodes. Who's to say? Stay tuned. So after we get... <laughs> What's up? Nothing. Keep going. That conversation takes place. Joan is brought up to speed on what's going on in Maya's life. She is about to fry this turkey in a skillet. And I was shocked and appalled by her lack of forethought. She's going to try to fry this massive-sized turkey in this stovetop skillet. She was about to have them waiting 26 days to eat because it was going to take that long to cook, fry a full-grown turkey in that regular size pan. Yeah, that that threw me off. I mean, it it just seems so like, do you even know what you're doing? And she, because she didn't even season it at all. Which she, was my other thing. I was about to get to that. Yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but feel free. No, I just noticed like she was she used the turkey as like oh this cute like moment let's you know like rub the turkey together and make like these subtle innuendos but all y'all did was put some um what olive oil on there olive oil but, and a dash of pepper where's the salt but like <laughs> anything that's not how you prepare a regular turkey facts so <laughs> problems also, I don't think Joan knows how to fry food, period. Likely. Well, yes. So clearly that is the case. I mean anywho, and, yeah. And once again, maybe that was a regional difference. So I don't know. Any of our LA listeners, feel free to call us up. Six seven eight nine two seven two seven. Bye. But if you, you know, disagree that people out on Cali do be know how to fry something up, just let us know. Or if it's true, either way. So that brings me to another question I had, and I'm curious, and I think I've had a few of these conversations already with you, but what are some of your favorite Thanksgiving dishes? Like if you're putting together your your starting five. Okay. (laughs) 
I love seafood dressing. I love dressing with oysters in it. Oh my gosh. Like that is my number one. Ooh, my mom makes this macaroni and cheese with three types of cheeses. That is just the best baked macaroni and cheese I've ever had. I probably haven't had in like two or three years just because it's not healthy. But I'm going to have to pull her to the side and we're going to have to figure out a good like plant-based alternative, which everything about that just sounds like it's already going to be disgusting. But um, we have to find a way. We have to find a way because it's good. Um, Oh, my God. And because usually even if we ever go somewhere, we always have like Thanksgiving food at the house, like a small version of whatever. Oh, gosh. Okay. Okay. Let me think what else. I love cranberry sauce. Fresh out the can, just throw it in the refrigerator for a little bit, leg it chilly. Um, <laughs> what else do I like? So, eggplant casserole is pretty good. Or, like, eggplant dressing. I think it was eggplant casserole that my great aunt would do. Um, let me think, let me think, let me think. Let's see. Collard greens, of course. I mean, you need your vegetable. Um, or yams, yams. I mean, either like just doing yams as candied yams or like doing sweet potatoes. Either way, I don't care. Um, it's good. I think those would be my favorite. Um, also really F with like lima beans. I don't know if people do lima beans really for Thanksgiving. Um, I like it. So what, what are yours? Let's see. Dressing is a strong one. Yeah. In all shapes and forms. Proof that God loves us. Okay. Cranberry sauce. Actually, typically prefer it just straight out of the can. Well, not like straight out of the can, but take the can, open the can, put it in a little dish, you know, flatten it out a little bit. So you don't need it. it to be cold. I, do, I prefer it cold, but I, I like it cold because I like kind of mix some stuff too. Like I like to have my cranberry sauce kind of like next to my dressing. Ooh, that just reminded me of something else like rice and gravy. Like, ooh. Ooh, do some like turkey legs with some little gravy over it. Ooh, and then pour the gravy over the rice. Oh my gosh. Ooh, ooh, I just had a moment. I oh, I gotta talk to my grandma. <laughs> oh, Are you okay? Oh my gosh, my grandma. Cigarette. Oh. Like. <laughs> <laughs> ooh, my grandma makes some good turkey legs and some rice and gravy. Oh my gosh. That's what's up. That's what's up. But yeah, also, I've told you this before. My Thanksgiving menu is typically a little atypical just because of the people that are willing to spend time with my family. Right. Because yeah. my, my mom's best best friend is Caribbean uh, from Trinidad. So oh, okay. she. Yeah, I don't think I ever say. asked exactly where. Okay. <laughs> you just always say Caribbean, and I was just always like, hmm, she's Jamaican. <laughs> That's so, so racist. <laughs> it, it is. It is. But that's okay. No better, so you can do better. And her contributions will typically be curry chicken, like curry chicken wings, and Johnny Cakes, peas and rice, Callaloo. Oh, man, just crazy good. And on top of, you know, being in Florida, my dad, he always has fried fish on deck, fried shrimp. And then, of course, your traditional fried turkey we typically get is always crazy good. My mom will get the honey-baked ham sliced turkey, which is amazing. Mac and cheese, 
Greens, yeah. Greens, on the past, like, five, seven years, greens have become a big, big part of my Thanksgiving to go. And then the dessert game is pretty strong, too. Sweet potato pie. Actually, uh, growing up, my favorite thing was sweet potato souffle. The sweet potatoes with marshmallows on top. Yes. Yeah. That was my grandma's, like, go-to. And I was like, clear clear the room. Let me tell you, Honey Baked Ham has a good frozen sweet potato souffle. Like, if you're just lazy and you just want to throw one in the oven, yeah. Interesting. Yeah. They have, like, little nuts in theirs. I don't know if you prefer nuts in yours. Yeah, I could take it or leave it. Oh, but one thing, and I, I always make sure I have to present this the right way. I love apple pie, but I love all the non-apple parts of it. So, like, the crust and the filling part that's non like, the syrupy part. So, you're basically how I feel about, like, banana pudding. Like, I love banana pudding, but I don't eat the bananas. Well, I mean, well, I think the bananas have to be in there so you know it's not that processed. Oh, no, 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 definitely. And garbage. I, I understand the point of banana pudding. Yeah, like, yeah. the point of the banana in the banana pudding. However, I am not eating the bananas. I will. Shoot. Banana desserts. Well, I told you about that. Banana desserts are like. Yeah. Yeah, sure. Stay away to heaven. Child. I don't think I've ever had an apple pie as like a Thanksgiving dessert. Our desserts have always been um, sweet potato pie and bread pudding. Really? Or, but, oh, the big thing about Thanksgiving and even as a child was the eggnog. Ah. Uh, we don't save that for Christmas. Ooh, now we would start with Thanksgiving, then we would make probably like eggnog, a, eggnog, or like real homemade eggnog, not this. Go to the store and get that Mayfield eggnog and throw some whipped cream on it. Nah, like real. I'm gonna make you eggnog. I'll do that for you this year. Like it is litty AF. Um, cause we add Let rum me... to it, huh? Okay, there we go. That's what I was getting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Me at thirteen, like. They give me like a little cup, be like, you can just add this one. <laughs> Cause they would make like one with rum or one without, or if they just made the one with rum, they would just like monitor how much I drink. And you could always just taste it, but it was never like, Ooh, oh my gosh, like I'm I'm thrilled. Like it was just good. But now that I'm an adult, oh nigga. Like <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, I love eggnog. So yeah, usually we started off with Thanksgiving, then sometime in December, close to Christmas, either if we were putting up a tree, we'd make eggnog, just kind of like have it around that time. Um, and then Christmas, definitely, we'd have some eggnog on deck, kind of drink that throughout the following week. And by time of New Year's, we'd like be done with eggnog season. Mm. That's what's up. Mm, that eggnog be good and thick and foamy. Mm. <laughs> oh goodness the best part of the holidays aren't people getting together it's food and you know one a one b yeah i know <laughs> i'm kidding i'm kidding but the food though but, but seriously but the food though <laughs> yeah right okay okay go <laughs> but yeah speaking of food of course fried turkey is delicious but it's also dangerous because we've seen many fail videos of people not knowing how to handle it and ending up with many fire hazards. Such a case happened on this episode, where Joan, once again, being ignorant to the process of frying a turkey, had everyone set it up on her patio and have, you know, the deep fryer. And I think Davis asked, did she have a 
fire extinguisher. And she said, why do I need one? My house like, no, you don't. As long as you got a water hose. And so she says, sure. Then Joan is still trying to make it work with Preston. So she's not paying them any mind. Preston makes a joke about the three, the three month rule that Davis let him in on. So I didn't know if, couldn't really tell if Joan was about to break the three month rule or just wanted to, you know, kick it with him. But either way, it was a thing that they, they brought up. Yeah. And enter. Go ahead. I, I, she might have. She might have been there yeah, regretted he, it later. You kind of hit it with that play and move. It's like, I'm just playing. <laughs> Unless you're going to do it. It, it, so. it. Exactly. Because when he brought up the, like, <laughs> it doesn't feel like three months. Like, all right, bro. <laughs> Some people may, you know, use that as a way to try to create opportunities for themselves. Not me, but, you know, other people. So, hey, T.T. Sterling. To each their own. Okay. And the next scene introduces us to everybody's favorite character, William. Shout out to Reggie Hayes. He comes in. Find We find out that he missed not only his scheduled flight to Kansas City, but every flight to Kansas City because he has flying anxiety. So he took, was it Ambien? No. He took Dramamine. <laughs> Dramamine. Dramamine. So much. He had, did he have some other food too or something with it? He had dr- or drink. Well, he was talking about he was sick of Starbucks, but he had um, he had Dramamine and it was something else. But Dramamine is just that for should- nausea. Yeah. So basically, between prescription medicine and the itis, he slept through all of his flights to Kansas City. Yeah. So he that's how he ended ended up back at Jones' house. And he meets Preston. He's not quite as enamored as Joan is because, you know, that slight competitive nature he has since Preston somewhat makes it a little harder for him as a fellow African-American male attorney to get shine in his mind. And it was kind of a throwaway line, but they made a Vernon Jordan reference here, which I thought was dope. You know, given Vernon Jordan kind of being one of the, you know, eyes on the prize black superheroes we have in our society, from a, especially in the legal field. So shout out to Vernon Jordan. Okay. Are you familiar with Vernon Jordan? Nope. All right, cool. Just in, in you want to do the education? Google. Oh, okay, that's fine. I'll Wikipedia it on my I mean, own no, time. He's a you know big time Washington attorney. Uh, he was instrumental was with he, Clinton's. Was he in uh, the black? Um, was he in Black Enterprise? Almost certainly. Oh, okay. Yeah, he has a pretty good book too. Uh, Vernon can read. It's actually oh, a very good story. Yeah, kind I've of an heard, autobi- I've heard of Vernon Jordan. Didn't, didn't he live in Georgia? More than likely. I feel like yeah. he is. Yeah, that's probably he was true. born here. Yeah, 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 I know him. Yeah. I mean, he, he made his hay in Washington, but yeah. I think he was with Urban League or, I believe, something along that line. But yeah. Yep. He very, was president of the Urban man. League, executive director of the United Negro College Fund. Mm-hmm. Um, Wow. Also an Omega. See? That's it. Yeah, I was just gonna let it ride out, but you know. <coughs> oh, he was on the Good Wife. Nice, hmm. makes sense. Hmm. All of that to say, yeah. in terms of the episode, William is going to call his mama to let him know 
her baby boy ain't going to be able to make it. So now you have Maya and William crashing Joan's house for an impromptu Thanksgiving party. Then enter Lynn. She got kicked out of the shelter volunteering because she got tired of being called homeless, which is obviously ironic because effectively, given the amount of time she spends at Joan's place, one could easily assume she was. Then she's actually familiar with Preston from his Black Enterprise article. And she made, she kind of played him, I, mean, I forget what she said, but I, I did have a note here that she kind of played him about the article. No, she said that... Uh, oh, the errors and typos? Yep. yep. There are a yeah. few typos, and one of the points he made, I don't think, like, he fleshed it out enough, or, like, it was a little inaccurate, but she was like, mm, you know, overall. <laughs> Which I thought was, like, that was kind of cute, because... Everyone else is all like, oh, my gosh, you know, like, oh, man, Preston, cool, blah, blah, blah. And she's right, like, yeah, mm, yeah, that's cool, but mm, I peeped this and that, so. And then he um, he was like, um, uh, blame my secretary or, like, blame something like that. And she's like, hmm, yeah, blame the help. Like, <laughs> nah, it, you wrote this. <laughs> yeah. Oh, now you want to pass the book. Yeah. Yeah. Which is fair. So Maya dropped the turkey to get it going for the frying. So now that process is underway. And I'm kind of skipping around, but for the sake of continuity, Tony made it into Joan's place. She returned from Fresno. She could just couldn't stand the family, which I've heard some people, you know, they have less than ideal experiences over the holidays. So it's not unheard of for them to cut short a visit to the minimum amount of time needed to show face and then get on back to their regularly scheduled life. So that's not too hard to believe. As far as the events going on in Joan's apartment, or Joan's house rather, Maya dropped the turkey. Joan got popped by grease, which was another illustration of Joan's lack of familiarity with frying. Uh, you never fry in sleeveless shirts because you're going to get popped by grease. So, yeah. Word to the wise. Stay woke. Word to the wise. Cut to. I'm sorry. Yes. No, I was just saying, I was repeating. Continue. Yes, yes. Okay. (laughs) Thank you. So now Joan's been popped by grease. So now a panic has ensued over the house. Everyone is now basically in Joan's room trying to figure out if she's okay. Hold up. How bad the injury. (laughs) Can we talk about how dramatic that was? (laughs) Oh, goodness. Because I was like, oh, "Oh, girl, you've never been popped by grease before. Like, it hurts. Exactly. But... But I, I I could tell that by the clothes she wore to fry. One, she wore a cute little jumpsuit. <laughs> Two, took me one time to learn to not fry in a wife beater. I mean, but seriously though, and like when you're frying, you kind of like make sure you're not that close to like the frying area. Like you close enough to drop the. Fr- she wasn't that close though either. No, she wasn't. So for her to be like, ah, I've been hit. I was like, yeah, yeah, like a, a droplet. A micro droplet of grease, I was like, which was hot. But in the time of her like screaming that, the like pain probably has subsided. Exactly. Like, so yeah. what like, are you doing? Effectively, the equivalent of getting pinched on the shoulder happened. To her. Exactly. <laughs> and she, you know, went full on Broadway. And I don't know if part of that was because Preston was there. Part of that's because Joan's going Joan. Yeah, I think it was probably a combination of both. But yeah, Joan is very dramatic and over the top anyway. So, yeah. Meanwhile, Joan wasn't even frying the turkey the whole time. Like, you girl. Anyway, anyway. So thank God Maya showed up. Otherwise, she might have had real actual, like, second and third degree burns. Like, Well, 
who told her or, to be right there? So, like it could have just she right. could have just let Davis take over all of this, which would have been. Well, she should have never lied about frying the turkey, but we wouldn't have had, had, had an episode if that was the case. That's true. You know, it's only really been maybe ten years since I've actually ever heard of a fried turkey. Like I didn't know that was a what? Thanksgiving dish. Actually, that's about what ten years. I'd say maybe fifteen for me. Okay, I think I might have had it just like, once. As a standard of my lifetime. I agree. It was so good though. Oh, the yeah. time I had it, like know. in the. It's it's a lot easier. Like you can do a roast turkey that has a similar level of moistness, but it just takes a lot more work. Like the one turkey I ever made was a roast turkey, and it took like legit ten hours of brining to get it to break down the proteins enough to have it moist. And you have to be very particular about you know, your cooking. You have to start the oven at a certain level and mm. drop the temperature so you crisp the outside, but Ooh. the inside is still cooked through. You know, we out here. You know, we a little I bit bet you Tara makes a bomb. Thanksgiving meal. Oh, for sure. Oh my gosh. For sure. So definitely. Oh. So we'll figure out a way yeah. to test yeah. it out. <laughs> I was like, she'll hear this at some point. Oh, I was about to say. <laughs> we have invited ourselves. <laughs> this, this, this is our polite way of inviting ourselves to a future to the cookout. Dinner, but. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Not, not no, quite the same. No, no. And we're black. Continue. So Preston, Preston is tending to Joan in her bedroom, and Davis, because he's well-read in kitchen-related injuries, understandably, says she needs some aloe vera, which I feel like Davis is country, but he's like country and he made it. Like, I feel like, it, in my opinion, like, I feel like no one on the spot that you need aloe vera in the house is a kind of a country or like maybe just homeopathic medicine kind yeah, of thing. Yeah, Davis was probably from like Baltimore. Cause I don't want to give him quite like Mississippi, Louisiana vibes, yeah, Alabama. Yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't quite get that. But he has family from yeah, there. but I think like home, home could have been like Virginia, Maryland, okay. Delaware, yeah. And then he somehow migrated to L.A. Made his way west. That's for real. So Tony's in the room also, and she gets introduced to Preston C. Hall, and she's like, "Wait a minute." Uh, you're not President C. Hall. I hooked up with President C. Hall. He's like, uh, no, you did not. So at this point, I'm thinking Tony got scammed by a dude, which is hilarious because the internet wasn't I was definitely now, thought that as the, well. Like some dude was just like... It was still the internet. I read this uh, Black Enterprise article. <laughs> she looked right. like she and also, a diddy chick. Yeah, and I feel like Tony would have done a lot more research. Or at least after the yeah. fact. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Well, of course, we'll come to find out that it's not even that deep. Now, there was a very odd sequence of events that happened at the end of this scene. Tony apparently smells the fire or smells something burning before Maya says fire. And I was like, I feel like Maya would have said fire right before that would have happened, but sure. And then the way Maya said fire, it felt like very much like I have to insert this audio here. Like, fire, fire, everyone get out, call 911. It was almost like her acting in the Halloween episode. So, like, fake, <laughs> dramatic. Yeah, like kind of wooden. But, yeah. So, everyone has their various reactions to the fire. Uh, Joan almost melts, melts down, <laughs> not really doing anything worthwhile. And then Tony 
I don't think Tony had much going on during this part. Lynn tried to put water on a grease fire, which once again, you got to let people play to their strengths. Davis was like, no, 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 that's not going to help, which of course, water on a grease fire is like putting oil on a grease fire. So <laughs> it makes things worse. And let's see. Oh, William panics and he tries to stop, drop, and roll. Shout out to Reggie Hayes because he was just being ridiculous. Stop, drop, and rolling when he's not even on fire and not even in the same room as the fire. So being effectively useless to everyone, but still hilarious. So everyone lives through this drama of the fire that was in Joan's backyard or patio. So due to that, the turkey is ruined. But thankfully, Lynn was able to bring the items she was going to use at the homeless shelter for the food drive to help everyone have a piecemeal. By piecemeal, I mean, you know, piece of this, piece of that. So, to take home. I, I thought. So what was in the plate? Like what was on the plate? Either what could be salvaged from that turkey. That's what I thought. Or maybe. Or maybe. What they could have made with what Lynn brought home. Oh, okay. Yeah, I thought it was probably like the and, and turkey and yeah, the spaghettios. Because I was like, oh yeah, nice touch. I haven't had spaghettios in a minute, but I think I'm also an adult, so. Yeah, yeah, kind of past that window. Ooh, that but. would be good for like an Italian restaurant, though. Like to do spaghettios. Yeah, like make kind of like their own take on like childish meals. But like an adult version. Oh, okay, okay, gotcha. But like, but like high end. Yeah, dishes. like, can you imagine like okay. a pit cuisine huh. or like a um, lunchable that was actually like real? Yeah, I see what you're saying. Like prosciutto, prosciutto instead of ham. Or yeah, like yeah, like pimento because everybody keeps doing that, right? Like a mini pizza, yeah. but it's like legit. What's that? The open fire grill or oven or whatever. The yeah, yeah, yeah. Anywho, continue. continue. Very cool. So after everyone has overcome the ordeal of the fire, somehow Maya draws from this experience that it's a sign with the fire and having things to start anew after the fire that she and Darnell need to renew their wedding vows. Now, I didn't quite follow her logic, but she was very committed to that being the thing to take away from this event. Did you have any thoughts about that? Wait, about, wait, huh? Maya deciding that she and Darnell need to renew their wedding vows based on this event? I was just like, okay, girl. Um, (laughs) Oh, yeah. Oh, that, yeah, that did actually occur. <laughs> no, no, no. I remember her saying it, but I was just like, uh, okay. I thought she was just saying it to say it, but I forgot that actually does take place like later on in the season. Yeah, spoiler alert, but yeah. Alright. Yeah. Sure. Yes. Let's forget the fact that he still cheated on you, but <laughs> that's cool. Alleged allegedly. Now we have the callback to Tony's confusion about her interaction with Preston C. Hall. Thankfully, Lynn is there to solve the mystery when she reminds Tony that actually they lived in Preston Hall as freshmen in college at, I believe, UCLA. Yes. So 
Tony realized that she confused her dorm. She fooled around in Preston Hall, not with Preston Hall. Slight difference, but a very key difference. So shout out to Lynn. So at this point, everyone is departing Jones' Thanksgiving dinner disaster and leaving her, Preston, and Lynn in the house. And Lynn's not able to quite read the room, so she's just hanging out in the living room or dining room, thinking everything's cool. And Joan finally is able to convince her to head to the back and make herself scarce. So she, Joan finally gets a piece of Preston. After all this work, all these ups and downs, interruptions, seventh degree burns, and everything else, she finally gets him mm-hmm. a long time. And wouldn't luck have it that his watch mm-hmm. alarm that he has set for when he, when he needs to leave for the airport, but sure, okay, goes mm-hmm. off. Bye. And foiled. Foiled again. She gives him a to-go plate and a can of SpaghettiOs, which I had to think about. This is pre-9-11, you know, so I guess what you could take on the plane was a lot more lax. But still, like, but she did also say that like you could like eat this on the plane or like heat this up on the plane, and yeah. I was like, how? Yeah, so I don't know. Maybe it's different. Maybe for he red just eyes. throws in his I luggage, and he's flying first class. I'm assuming. Hopefully. So, but all that to say, they depart to be seen again in the future. Who knows? We do, but we aren't telling you yet. That leads us to the final scene with Lynn and Joan trying to get the soot out that Davis told them was going to happen from that fire. Got all that soot in that wooker. In that wooker. The wicker. (laughs) Soot in the wooker. Got soot in that wooker. (laughs) Get that soot out of that wooker. (laughs) So Lynn and Joan are scrubbing away, trying to get it out. But her pride won't let her call Davis and get help even though he's probably very efficient at it and well-read on having to deal with this issue. And the closing joke, calling back to apparently the most important scene of the episode, according to Wikipedia, Lynn picks up Joan's phone and blows off an assumed prank caller who was going by the name of Kelsey Grammer, trying to give Joan the number of a good therapist. Okay, how did he get her number? So I thought that was cute. Thank you. That is literally my last note. How did Kelsey Grammer get Jones' number? LOL. Thank you very much. <laughs> LOL. <laughs> How? It was it in the phone book? Does he have to kind of pull at the restaurant? Like, what? Is Kelsey Grammer a stalker? Like, what and is going honestly, on? Honestly, he- Joan didn't really give me, like, that type of vibe. Like, as a first encounter. We know Joan, so we know. Right. But she just made, like, conversation with him. It was kind of along the lines of, I have nowhere, I don't have any friends to, you know, celebrate with. So she was kind of like... Push me to the edge. Okay. All my friends are dead. I mean, you could tell she was waiting for, like, an invitation or something. But... (laughs) What was that? (laughs) But she didn't, like... She wasn't that bad. Like, she wasn't trying to, like, follow it up real hard or, I don't know. Like, was she expecting him to be like, oh, yeah, I'm about to go kick it with, you know, uh, Clifton Powell, Dick Gregory. Why'd you name black people? Tim Reed. 
I mean, because he's on this black show. So I mean, yeah. Well, he could have been like, mm, I'm about to go kick it with uh, Niles and the other and he's guy. Going to this black rest- well, yeah, but he's going to this black restaurant for desserts. I mean, he will, he, you know, he, he got he went to a black cookout. restaurant, but that didn't mean they serve black food. Ooh, my third eye is open. All right. Anyway, so that <laughs> wrapped up the run of show. So as far as the events that took place during the episode, were there any things you wanted to circle back on or wanted to call out or that you had questions about? Um, so I have done a restaurant Thanksgiving and it was good and it was Ted's and I've actually done it twice. Actually, I think last year we ordered Ted's to go because let, let me explain how much food you get for like $25 or maybe $30. Please explain. So Stuff. When you order, when you order a Thanksgiving meal from Ted's, you receive turkey, gravy, mashed potatoes. I think greens, greens yes, or probably like green Bean, beans, potatoes, okay. tomatoes. I think you get candied apples. You get a biscuit. You get dessert. You get, I think, also an appetite. You get carrots. I mean, you get really, like, a good plate of food. Um, And you can just eat it as much as you want. I mean, like, it's turkey. It's enough turkey. Like, you can really make this, like, two servings if you want, depending on how hungry you are and how much you want to go. In the winter, Ted's has a seasonal dessert called the Warm Apple Crisp. So, it's, uh, like... Sounds bomb. So good. Because it's apple. It's like baked apples um, with kind of like caramel sauce and like uh, the crisp, you know, like the the crumbs or whatever. Mm -hmm. It's not their like usual size because their usual one is pretty big and is very good too. But this is a good like single serving size and like a scoop of ice cream. So it's a very good um, dinner. For like $35, I think $35, maybe $30. Usually, like, starting the beginning of November, I think, is when they start, like, really pushing it. And people have to call in advance for reservations because they get booked, like, real quickly. Now, if you want to call in a to-go order, they just suggest you just call it in, like, any other to-go order. So, just call it the day of. You don't have to, like, uh, schedule a to-go order in advance. Yes. So... I did this last year, and I did this in 2012. Um, and I think they also have like an abridged menu. So if you if that's not what you want, I think there are like maybe like five other things you could choose from. The menu is extremely limited, but most people that come in that day really just come for that. And so um, I think it was a good episode, a good little Thanksgiving nugget if you will um because especially like for us meeting joan for the first time this is we're going through all those holidays with her for the first time so this could have been meeting joan's family you know it didn't have to be an episode centered around her still being at her house without her friends it could have just been you know her um going home to see her mom or seeing her dad or, you know, doing that. She doesn't have siblings. 
Um, or she could have still stuck with her original um, Thanksgiving plan and invited Davis over. Like, where were all those random people she invited to the Halloween party? Like, why didn't she invite? Why didn't she invite them to her little like Friendsgiving? And especially yeah, if Davis got off work at such a respectable time that he was able to help prepare in a whole nother entire meal, um, <laughs> she could have just like delayed everything and just had some what of a chill environment. The way Davis respects her, I don't think he would have taken that invitation as like opportunity to get close. I think he would have just seen it as like, oh, you know. Cool, my friend, you know, was just looking out for me. So, yeah, I'll swing by afterwards or I'll swing by and get a plate. It didn't have to be. Speaking of. No, I was just saying it didn't have to be that deep. Okay. Speaking of plates, how long do you think it's too long to hang on to Thanksgiving leftovers? Ooh, that is a good question. Mm, Did you freeze it after? Or was it just in the fridge? Let's say yes. If you froze it. Maybe two weeks. I don't know. Because, like, okay. Thanksgiving food and Christmas food for some families can be the exact same meal. So. True. You probably don't want to hold on to some of that that long. Also, some families, I realize, incorporate, in my opinion, cookout and Fourth of July and Memorial Day foods to Thanksgiving. So, they might have, yes. like, potato salad. Like ribs. Yeah, or yeah, ribs. That that's your specialty. Um, I was thinking like potato salads, pasta salads, like those cold salads. So, oh yeah, yeah. Those because they have milk in it, you don't need to just like keep in the fridge forever. Even though it's getting cold, some of these still have like a lifespan of like three to five days. So that's that. Mm. All right, that's fair. Yeah. I'm trying to think, I don't think I really have anything else about this episode. I think it was good. I think this episode gave us more, and for it to just really be a like only have one storyline, than like the other episodes that have only had one storyline have given us. Agreed. Like this felt like a little heavier. Very efficient. Yeah cover a lot of ground and laid some seeds for future yeah definitely i mean you get the you get several stories within the maya plot or maya storyline you get a sprinkling of the tony storyline and the overall theme of jones over accessibility or over availability and and that also lends itself to how much she goes in for just holidays in general. Even though we didn't see her like do that, it was hinted upon in the beginning of the episode. Right. So, yeah. Good stuff. Indeed. All right. So. Trying to think. Well, I think there have been some living single Thanksgiving episodes. So, like, there was one episode I remember. Heavy D was on it. 
Shout out. Rip yeah, rest in peace. It's almost the anniversary of his uh, death. I think it's been. I think it'll be six or seven years this year in November. Um. Yeah, I have really hated that. Um. I think there was a. Like, I think Heavy D has started dating somebody and brought that person. And I want to say it was Vivica Fox and brought her over to the Thanksgiving dinner that they had at, like, Khadijah and Sinclair's. So it was, like, everybody that was dating somebody brought their person or whatever. Um, So, I mean, they've pretty much covered Thanksgiving ground. And I can't really see that show having a Thanksgiving episode well, no. If so, maybe it would have been similar. It would have just been like Khadijah meeting somebody, um, possibly. But I feel like it wouldn't have the the hijinks wouldn't have been in the fried chicken. I mean, the fried turkey. It would have been somewhere else. Like maybe just the fact of like, okay, we get back to the brownstone and then everybody starts to pop up or something happens at work. So then like Russell runs in or I don't know, like all these other like random occurrences. Um, So I don't really see that being exactly the same, but how do you think a Thanksgiving episode of insecure would have gone? Because I don't think, well, this season think uh, insecure ran earlier than it did last season so we didn't get yeah. a Thanksgiving episode last season. It ended right around Thanksgiving. So we didn't get a Thanksgiving episode there either. So what do you think? How do you? Yeah. And I'll, they haven't done much as far as the holidays that I recall. And I'll get to that in a second, but I just kind of popped into my head a random aside. Shout out to the Thanksgiving episode of Master of None. <sighs> That's the best Thanksgiving episode of any television show. Maybe one of the best pieces of TV Period. past. Period. Yeah. Because there's all the awards, all the accolades it's received, and then some. Like they they got so many little things right. Like you could, there's so many touch points that even if you don't identify with the linear storyline, just the family experience over the years of Thanksgiving and the incremental changes and the growth or the aging, and I just knew for a fact they're going to go one year. Grandma wasn't going to be there. Like they they really had me over a sure, barrel. I knew that. grandma was like, gonna die, but grandma kept showing up every year. I was like, when is she going to glory? My goodness, grandma, why are you still alive? Yeah. Yeah. But that was a brilliant brilliantly acted, like so many things were done great without being said, just shown. And I mean obviously the ridiculously funny scene with was it Erica Minna? Yes, Erica Minna. Yeah, I didn't know who she was until afterwards. Shout out yeah. to her. Bow Wow's ex. Okay. But yeah, I just wanted to call out that episode as being just exceptional television that happened to revolve around Thanksgiving. But to answer your question about Insecure, I can't help but shake. It probably would have had a similar tone or setup to the birthday party situation. Where like Tiffany would have tried to have a whole big to do, and somehow, some way, would have ended up having Lawrence and Issa cross paths, where it may have just been like a, even like almost like a Thanksgiving brunch or some kind of off the wall like Thanksgiving happy hour or something along those lines, or like the night before Thanksgiving okay. type of thing. 
and bringing all the main Korg's characters together and having some light conflict, not that dissimilar from the birthday party. And you have those, you know, inner personal relationship dynamics where people that maybe aren't that tight, but are tight with the group through other connections are crossing paths for the first time in a while. Or, you know, someone, people have to bring dishes. And so that may be a thing where we find out Tiffany may not be able to cook or what she considers cooking isn't cooking. She has like a, a vegan Thanksgiving, but doesn't tell anybody else. So they're coming expecting, you know, your quote unquote traditional dishes. And she has like a quinoa loaf for the main course. And everyone's like, where the hell is my oh, turkey? That's a good, that's a good spin. So that's all I got off the top of my head. So I see two different things, and I think they could both occur in that same episode. So I think you definitely could have the element of meeting an esteemed colleague or whatever, or, you know, professional kind of in that field or realm. Um, Again, I would feel like that would be then Molly's storyline. Um just because well okay so now i think about it i see three things that could happen so you could have that where and i don't want to say lionel but lionel 2.0 or the what was jadena's name that dude 2.0 okay so like some i'm just guessing black professional male um that Maybe, and maybe he's not even in, like, in that field, but say, like, Molly on her lunch break, this is all kind of, like, working around Thanksgiving. So maybe, say, the Thursday before or, like, the Tuesday. Leading up. uh, That same week, yeah. Some big case is coming through, even though, like, courts are about to be closed. There's something that she has to get in, like, some motion or something that they need to, like, put in before um the courts are closed just because maybe like that's the deadline or whatever and i'm pretending to know like law law phrases and stuff from other television shows i've watched (laughs) i don't know that life yeah so possibly like on her lunch break or in the process of like running to go um like learn information or do something she runs and goes gets to, goes to get something to eat in that process she meets a guy that maybe maybe he's a lawyer but maybe his thing isn't he's like oh i'm in black enterprise maybe this nigga also travels so she saw him on travel noir and she's seen his picture a few times on Instagram and he probably has like 37,000 followers or something. And maybe he's an alpha. So then they have that Greek connection there. And, um, you know, like maybe that's the thing, but he's just there for like, he's just in town for something real quick. And then he has to leave, or maybe she met him on his way out. Um, so, you know, kind of ties back there. And then that's that. Like, they just have maybe that lunch meeting where they talk for a little bit and that's that. And maybe later in the episode or something, or maybe in a, another episode, we see that she, like, maybe follows him on Instagram or 
I don't know. Or maybe they were all, all already following each other, but didn't realize it. Something like that. Anywho. But it's something where it's like, it never amounts to anything later on, but it was just like that chance encounter. But also, okay. I feel like Insecure doesn't really have time for three stories going on at the same time. But I'm just going to give you two more. So I also feel like... Unless, unless they do that like expanded episode. Like did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pop, yeah, that's it. So I also feel like this would be a girl-centric episode. I, I'm not even really... Oh, actually, I'm going to let Lawrence have this part. So... No, I'll let Lawrence have the end one. Shout out to the hive. Anyway, um, so I think <laughs> then we'll have a part where we'll have a Friendsgiving and then that could be like the part that you were talking about where Tiffany does the most. But then Lawrence's job will have a potluck and we'll get into, Mm. we'll (laughs) get into the politics and the like story of working with people that either can't cook, have cats, whatever the issue is. So the whole like coworker potluck story will pop up. And um so that'll be interesting. And I think it'll be good because his coworkers actually like each other and he has a diverse um work environment. I was thinking Issa for a second, but then I was like, well, Issa don't really like work with, you know, she don't really like any of them and they don't really like her. Like the only one that's kind of cool with her is Frida. So I feel like that vibe would have been better because I feel like on Lawrence's side, I feel they would expect him to like, Oh, try this. Like made a like lentil quinoa, Brussels sprout, like casserole. And it's like, Hmm. It was like, yeah, I didn't use actual cheese. Well, I use goat cheese, but I use like, say, an almond goat cheese or something that doesn't even make sense. So um, I think that would have been like that story in terms of insecure. How do you think this episode would have gone, though, if it were like filmed today? Mm, I think they probably would have had some of the new school versus old school as far as cuisine, as far as a little more health conscious options being substituted with varying degrees of success for traditional options, kind of like what we named, like a vegan mac and cheese. Somebody had been like, how do you do a vegan mac and cheese that doesn't taste like cardboard or you know, various dishes or people trying to, like Lynn probably would have had a very health centric contribution and people would have been like, no way I'm eating that. Or you know, just different things, or as opposed to Martha Stewart being an inspiration, perhaps Rachel Ray kind of giving Joan some ideas as far as her Thanksgiving aesthetic. What about with Carla the... Hall? Oh, there you go. Yeah. yeah, Carla Hall. Who's Carla Hall? Seriously? I'm kidding. Who is Carla Hall? Who is Carla Hall? You're typing it? Carla Hall's on the chew. Anywho, keep going. Oh, I'm sorry. I thought it was a rhetorical question. My bad. Continue. My mistake. That's really probably the biggest thing. You know, the meal synergies and probably conversation topics. Obviously, if it's taking place this year, 
typically everyone's talking about discussing politics at Thanksgiving and holding your family accountable and all that jazz. So maybe if William's still a Republican, they would have a conversation about that. Uh, let's see. Yeah. That's what I got. Okay. What say ye? Um. Uh, I mean, I really think this episode would be pretty much the exact same. I don't really see too much of a difference. I think Joan would have tried to push, like, communicating with him. Or like, yeah, I'll add you as a friend on Facebook. No, LinkedIn. And, um... And he might have like avenge like accepted her connection maybe like in another episode. So, and that might have been like a one off kind of like thing that's not really harped upon later. But like at the end of the episode, she gets the courage to either like friend him on Facebook or Instagram or definitely LinkedIn, and then like maybe say seven episodes later down the season, we see that he actually like responds or communicates or reciprocates like maybe he adds her as a connection on LinkedIn but doesn't necessarily like follow her back on Instagram on Instagram so that might give her something to kind of like hmm but by then she's probably dating somebody else so um it'll just you know be like a little thing but nothing like Nothing too deep or different from this app. Okay. That works All for right, me. So let's wrap this thing on out. Um, before we do that, real quick, I do want to say that uh, shout out to Car- Carla Hall. I recognize her face. I just didn't recognize her name. Once I pulled up the face and name, I instantly recognized who she is. So just shout <laughs> out to her. I want to go okay. ahead and have that out there. All right. Let's wrap it up. So thank you for sticking with us for the ninth episode, 10th episode. Well, I don't know. Another episode of, uh, through thick and thin. Yeah. Um, please remember to comment, like follow, share, tell a friend, all that good stuff. Email us some of your Thanksgiving experiences. Yeah, let us know. Favorite dishes, funny stories. All that. Um, where can they find you? They can find me on the Twitter at Ed B as in boy. If you don't get B <laughs> winning, Ed B winning on Twitter and on Instagram at Ed Cough E D C O F F. And follow me at Forkseicious everywhere. Um, you can. Uh, if you don't know how to spell anything we've said, it's in the show notes. So just lit dane. Um, and follow us at thick in thin pod 
on Twitter and email us at thickandthinpod at gmail.com. Yes, indeed. Also on the show notes. Rate. Yes, please. Yes. As I will. Yes. Tonight. And tell a friend. Um, tell a friend to tell a friend. Um, have a great week, y'all. Bye. Enjoy.